0: 6 a.m. on the west coast it is 9 a.m. on the east coast of America. Hello America it's 2 p.m. in London 7:30 in Mumbai India. it's 11 p.m. in Kyoto Japan and in Malaysia it's 1743. I'll tell you why coming up. I'm Jay Sheldon I'm not wearing pants. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Welcome to the live stream. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and Rumble.com. We love our Rumble folks. Thank you so much. And, of course, a podcast across wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, Radio Public, Stitcher, GeoSavin, in India. Uh, we're on all the podcast platforms. Thank you so much. We literally get hundreds of not thousands. I know we're not that big. We're nowhere near that big. But we appreciate and love every one of you. Thank you. If you want, just wherever you get your podcasts, type in I'm not wearing pants. Look for that logo and click subscribe. You'll be signed up. You'll get to hear our audio podcast, which is basically our live stream as an audio podcast, and we do that three days a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Saturdays, this being Monday. Oh, is it Monday? (laughs) Yeah, it is, it is everything a Monday is supposed to be. Um, All right, we always start off the show with an update on this little creature. Miko Update. Miki Miko, Miki Miko, our Miko Up date she's great had a little scare this morning because she did a little bit of the vomiting but a little tiny bit but then she's eaten fine she went for a walk she pooped everything was good so i don't know you know how it is she's been in hospital so many times with this problem and the moment i see her start to upchuck i think oh no please dear god here we go again but uh, so far, no far. So she's doing well, sleeping downstairs at the moment, and uh, went out for a very late walk. I'm going to need to start walking her every morning. Usually we just give her a walk at night, about six, seven o'clock. But uh, we are in this weather pattern in Malaysia where every single day it rains from about three, four o'clock or earlier sometimes in the afternoon until seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. In fact, we've had some incredible flooding again here in Malaysia, and this time even parts of downtown Kuala Lumpur were flooded. Uh, Lots of posts on social media about the different areas around that uh, had roads flooded out, cars stuck, because... After all this time, you still haven't learned your lesson that you don't drive on a flooded street, but you think you can make it, so in you go, and then we wind up with pictures of your car stuck in a flood, because you're a dumbass. But there you go. You want to play the game? You made your bed. Lay in it. No sympathy for you morons. It's not a flash flood. It's a flood. You knew what it was when you drove into it. You're an idiot. Okay. Somebody who's not an idiot is Julian Gill. He's a friend of mine on uh, Facebook, and this uh, okay. I can actually you get all these things here. Anyway, he did a review of the film that I was in, uh, Shadow Play. We've talked about it a ton of times here on the uh, on the show, and uh, it's a great review. Thank you so much. He even put me in there. It says uh, beautiful color combos, and engaging visuals, with added points for some cool, nuanced acting. Uh, Chaco Vageke, uh, v- I always get your name wrong, Chaco. I can never say it right. Vadiketh. I believe that's right. Uh, just great in every role he's ever played, and he's great in this one. Uh, I did not have any scenes with Chaco, but um, he's an amazing guy. And yours truly, Road Warrior. Jay Sheldon's Road Warrior was an effing cool addition Oh, and the gore effects are a win, too. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, thank you very much for that, Dr. Gill. Appreciate your kind, kind words. Yesterday, this is actually part of our Miko update. We went back to Setia Eco Glades in Cyberjaya. What an amazing park. It's just incredible. We had a gathering of the Mal- uh, locally of the Malaysian Shiba Inu Club. And uh, these are some of the pictures from the park she loves watching the birds fly over the water. Absolutely loves it. Uh, there's one of her friends. I'm not sure which one that is, but uh, yeah, that's Miko and the gang. Lots of lotus there too. Here's another shot of. Uh, this is like showing you my baby pictures. Sorry, I bore you with this stuff, but uh, yeah, there were tons. You can see here the tons of Shibas. We there were probably 14, 15 of us. There was a lot, um, all gathered around. That's. Yours truly with Miko. <laughs> uh, there's some great beauty shots too. Uh, in fact, uh, there's the gang. That's most of us. Yeah, there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, 11. Uh, yeah, like I said, 14, 15 different Shibas. It's fantastic. But check this out. There's a tree in Malaysia. This is not the tree, but there's a couple trees. This is one of them that very much is like sakura in japan and this of course is becoming sakura season in japan here in malaysia we get the same blossoms at about the same time it it's not sakura uh, the, the cherry but or ume but um it looks very much like it and so we got some amazing look at that what a great shot with all the blossoms on the ground this is the tree that they uh, they come from so yeah she's quite the poser <laughs> So that's our little girl, and that's our Miko update, and I'm sticking to it. What else we got tonight? All right. Yeah, uh, the latest stupidity over this whole Russia-Ukraine thing. We don't talk about that on this show because we're just not that kind of show. Whatever side you're on, whoever you want to believe, whatever, I will warn you, though, there's a lot of garbage, a lot of fake, fake information and news being pumped out there between mainstream media and social media. But one of the things that's been happening is this ridiculous, idiotic, banning anything Russian. And this story just kind of, I think, highlights exactly the kind of stupidity that some people are getting involved in. It does zero good. It might make you feel good for five minutes, but it does nothing. A Canadian diner has axed their Putin dish following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. This is the dish. A small symbolic act of defiance to support Ukraine against the Moscow invasion. Look, Putin is an idiot. He's an animal. He's a madman. No doubt about that. Russia's the aggressor in this thing. There's nobody who'd argue. Ukraine has its own set of problems. Let's just put a full stop there and leave it at that. However, this uh, Quebec restaurant has taken their beloved Putin dish off the menu to denounce the uh, Russian president. Uh, Russia forces intensify their assault in Ukraine. It's prompted Leroy Giuseppe, the diner that's widely considered the birthplace of Putin, Uh, P-O-U-T-I-N-E is the name of the dish. And they've renamed it in protest of the war. Is a picture of the diner. Uh, They would rebrand the dish, changing the name to La Frite Fromage Sauce, which is basically cheese potatoes. Uh, The eatery confirmed they would ax the name because of it being phonetically similar to the Russian president's name. And then you've got all these stories about Tesco not carrying Russian vodka, which, by the way, if you don't know, probably 99.5% of Russian vodka isn't from Russia, all right? So, yeah, now Tesco says we're not going to sell it. Look, all this stuff, you know, like I said, it makes you feel good, knock yourself out. But honestly, at the end of the day, it doesn't do squat. You want to do something effective? Vote for leaders who won't be warmongers. When you go into the voting booth and you vote, vote for people who won't get us into these kind of ridiculous wars. Now, I know in Russia you don't have that chance, sadly. Sadly. Maybe one day. So yeah, the story continues. The link's in our show notes if you want to check it out. You can read all the articles. But And again, even the most ridiculous one I heard was that some cat show has banned Russian cats from competition because of this stupidity. I mean, the height of it really doesn't matter and you are affecting people's lives who own these cats who have nothing to nothing to you know it's it's all it isn't but you can see the similarity between that and racism because a cat is a russian breed of cat you're going to ban it from the cat shows you're an idiot and it's i mean i don't want to look like this you know some sort of lefty loon bag But if you draw parallels, it's like feline racism in a sense. The cat didn't choose to be born a Russian variety of a cat. Look, why am I even talking about this? You people are fools. Get on with your life. Whatever side of the conflict you're on, whatever you believe, believe. You do you. But when it comes to these, you know, dumping out your Russian vodka and banning Russian cats from show competitions... Sheer stupidity. Sheer stupidity. All right. Not to be outdone on the stupidity index. World of Buzz. We love us some World of Buzz. Thanks, guys. Um, they have an article. You'll find the link in our show notes. Please check it out. Read it. Uh, it's beyond me that this is even the thing. I had no idea. There's been stories lately, even videos, of these school kids with these bags who can barely stand up and walk because of the weight of all of their school books they have to lug back and forth to school every day. Well, just announced, bye-bye big bags, the Ministry of Education has announced a brand new stunning idea never before thought of. LOCKERS! Honest to God. For primary school students. Here's a picture of uh, some of the kids with their book bags. Like I said, most kids can barely even walk with these things. So we want to make sure that this approach will reduce the stress on students. You think? Generations of students have had to carry their books heavier than the students themselves sometimes. And the Ministry of Education finally putting forth initiatives and solutions to unburden current and future school students. And uh, let's see, oh, look, an ad for Batman. Uh, One of the solutions is lockers. Like it's something new? Well, hang on, because I'm going to show you just how not new it is. Uh, Senior Education Minister Dr. Rodzi jidin announced these new initiatives uh, via a video shared to his Twitter page. Uh, after 40 years of the issue of heavy school bags for students, <clears throat> 40 years, these kids have been hauling these heavy-ass books back and forth to school. And then someone, after 40 years, came up with the brilliant, brand-new, spanking idea of lockers. Mm. Well, let me give you a little brief. You see this picture? This is where lockers started. A brief history. When was the first locker created? With the locker market being uh, worth a total of $1.2 trillion USD in 2019 and expected to be $1.5 trillion by 2024, maybe that's why finally they're getting involved with lockers, it would seem the locker industry has gone a long way. And if you're asking where did it all begin, well, according to studies, they can trace the roots of lockers back to thousand five hundred years ago and the Ministry of Education just came up with this brilliant idea why according to the studies trace its roots back to ancient Greece 2,500 years ago in ancient times there are three essential parts for competition and training centers the place where the athletes do their run, and rings where they do their wrestle. And that last part is used for undressing and changing of garments. It's also here where the athletes wash afterwards, and that place is called a gymnasium. And the athletes trained and competed in these centers. Men of all ages have used these facilities for their daily exercise as well. And athletes would often unclothe themselves for their sport events, and leave their personal belongings on the bench, line dressing rooms in a secure, safe place like cubbies, or on shelves with security provided by an attendant. This is in ancient Greece, folks. Eventually, they created locks, uh, a lock made of a wooden pin-type tumbler, dated about 4,000 years ago. It was like a padlock and found to be used by Romans and ancient Greeks between 500 B.C. and 300 A.D. The first known lockers, identified by simply being stacks of cupboards with padlocks, and many were used at the Harleton Green Gold Club in South Carolina in 1786. Strange lockers were or storage lockers rather were also found in Victorian era wreckage by British warship HMS Terror dating back to 1848. Bottom line, lockers have been around for a damn long time. So why for over 40 years have we been forcing our school students who have much better things to do than get a workout on the way to and from school? carrying these ridiculously heavy bags of school books. Way to keep up, Malaysia. You should be proud. Anyway. All right. Not to be outdone. Another World Abuzz story. Links in the show notes. Why, why do I have to keep doing this story? I'm going to keep doing this story, and I'm going to keep talking about it until it stops. Once again, footage from a dash cam of an ambulance being stopped on its way to an emergency to make way for a VIP convoy. We did a story about this before, and we're doing it again. And just like on World of Buzz here Ambulance stopped in JB to give way to a VIP convoy. This is the third time. You'll see the dash cam footage here. There's no real sound except the ambulance siren because, of course, it was recorded inside the ambulance. So here it is. They pull up a couple of cops in the middle of the road stopping traffic. While the ambulance has a patient or is on their way to a patient, while some moronic, I don't care who you are, VIP convoy, there you see a couple of motorcycles go flying through, so the ambulance waits, losing what could be precious minutes, what could be saving somebody's life while they wait. They're still waiting, still waiting, convoy's going through, I think they're coming from this on-ramp here, and then now, finally, after what must be about a full minute, the cops wave him through. And off the, the ambulance goes. It's just unbelievable. I don't care if you are the prime minister. I don't care if you're the president of the freaking U.S. Nothing, nobody gets in the way of a fire truck or an ambulance. Because that person in that vehicle is on their way and seconds count seconds make the difference between somebody living and somebody dying and no matter what your title is or how many tonsries or vvi VVIP things you have around your name you don't matter as much as someone else's life when it's in jeopardy because it's a fire because it's a medical emergency we need to re educate our cops, and if that's SOP, the SOP needs to change. Now. Somebody needs to work on that. The link to this ridiculous video is in our show notes. Share it out there. Let people know, and let people know how stupid you think it is that we're stopping ambulances and fire trucks, likely, too, for these idiots to go through traffic. Like I said, every time I see these articles, I'm sharing them. And I hope you will too. Because something, something has to happen. This cannot continue. It's unbelievable. All right. Did you think Australia... We're going to really switch gears here. Did you think Australia was bad and everything down there wants to likely kill you, eat you, or both? Well, apparently it's not a news story. This showed up in All That's Interesting... Dot com. There is a link in our show notes. A world first, a new species of prehistoric crocodile was discovered in Australia with a dinosaur in its stomach. Serious, huh? The prehistoric crocodile likely consumed the small ornithopod shortly before its own death at the hands of an even larger creature. Some 95 million years ago, there is a picture of what looks like this crocodile's head. There's nothing for scale here, but it's called the Broken Dinosaur Killer. Confractus saroctonos. Wow, (laughs) that's a mouthful. Paleontologists came across a 95 million-year-old crocodile skeleton in, where else... Queensland, Australia, uh, that got more than they bargained for. Not only was the crocodile a previously unknown species, but it also had the remains of a dinosaur in its stomach. Imagine that. Yeah. Uh, It's just extraordinary, raved Matt White, associate at the Australian Age of Dinosaurs Museum, who led the research. Uh, First time a crocodile has been discovered with dinosaur remains in its stomach. A World First. First came across the fossil in 2010 and made the discovery called the uh, Winton Formation, which has yielded dinosaur bones before. So very cool article. Read that if you get a chance. It's from allthatsinteresting.com. And again, the link is in our show notes, which is our description down below the video or our podcast. You can check it out there. All right, we got a few more things before we move along. Don't forget, too, we have our book coming up tonight. We'll continue chapter 25 of um, Tom Sawyer. All right, you know those skulls that have been found with the big, long heads? They've done DNA tests, and apparently, if you believe the hype, apparently they're not human. DNA tests reveal that the Paracas skulls are not human. The link is in our show notes. Please read the whole article. It's from businesses.com. Uh, anyway, the DNA tests revealed the skulls are not human. Who were the mysterious beings? Did they evolve separately on Earth? What caused them to have such drastic differences from ordinary human beings? Uh, Paracas is a desert, a, de- a desert peninsula located in the province of Pisco in the Ica region, southern coast of Peru. Uh, the Peruvian archaeologist Julio Tello or Tello, made one of the most mysterious discovered back in 1928. During excavations, he discovered a complex and sophisticated cemetery in the rough soil of the desert there. In the enigmatic tombs, he discovered a series of controversial human remains that would forever change how we look at our ancestors and our origins. The bodies in the tomb had some of the largest elongated skulls ever discovered on the planet. Called the Paracas skulls, the Peruvian archaeologist discovered more than 300 of these things, believed to be over 3,000 years old. Now, there's a lot of fact-checkers out there, a lot of these fake sites that do, you know, fact-checks, allegedly, mostly they're opinion-checkers. But anyway, they have argued that this research is fake. I'm just putting it out there. You can decide for yourself. But very strange stuff. Thought I would share that with you tonight. Very strange. The Paracas skulls what else we can oh <laughs> hey tom brown shared this on his facebook it's a public post so no problem anyone can see it but this brought back such amazing memories thank you tom for uh, for sharing this and this is from my hometown of cornwall connecticut where we have four seasons and the springtime is maple syrup season and check this out this oh man This, first of all, is a very stereotypical picture of Cornwall in the spring. A little bit of snow melting in the background. I've got uh, maple trees throughout. And, of course, these metal buckets are attached to the tree, and there's a tap stuck in the tree. It's a Small metal pipe with a sharp spike on the end, and it's hollow, and it forms a drain at the fo- outside. You take and bang that into the tree, and then the sap from the tree, which is full of sugars. If you don't know this, if you know this, it's like elementary for you, but just for those who don't. The sap drips down into the buckets, fills up relatively quickly. I mean, not like a faucet. It doesn't come pouring out. But over the course of a day or two, it'll fill up. So you go around, collect them all, dump them in a big tin or a milk jug or something. And, and once you've got enough, then you start the boiling process. I remember Tony Locke used to tap maple trees, not a bunch of them, but enough. And then I would help him. We'd boil all that down because once you've boiled it and you've condensed it, all the sugars what happens is you wind up with what's known as maple syrup. That is that if you've never tasted real maple syrup made from a tree you tapped and boiled it all down yourself, you haven't tasted maple syrup. There is nothing like real maple syrup. You can get it. You can even get it here in Malaysia. It ain't cheap. It's damned expensive. But now that you know the process it's a long one and it takes a lot of work a lot of tender and care to the fire and keep everything boiling keep it bubbling but um yeah it's well worth it because you stick some of that on your pancakes or waffles or maybe a little vanilla ice cream cream. Mm. oh man (laughs) anyway thank you tom for sharing that it brought up such great memories of my youth growing up in, uh, in Cornwall, tapping maple trees. And then even, you know, the, the syrup that comes out of the tree, the, uh, the maple sap, that's really nice too. Usually because it's spring, it's icy cold. And so that it's not as sweet as when you boil it down because the sugars haven't all concentrated. But the taste of that maple sap... Oh, man, that's also incredible. It's, it's like water. It looks like water. But when you taste that stuff, mm, so good. I can, to this day, what, what is 50 years or more down the road, I can still remember that taste like it were yesterday. Wow, it's amazing. Hey, we always try and end with some sort of people are great story. And this one caught my eye. I know we kind of are featuring World of Buzz tonight, but hey, that's how it goes. Check their site out. They're great. They have a lot of cool stories. They cover a lot of neat crap. But uh, this one was absolutely amazing. Truly, truly amazing story. It's from Thailand. And a Thai barber has a, uh, a fellow, he's cutting his hair, who is a cancer patient. And he's going on to shave his head because of chemo, of course, and he's going to lose his hair. So what a lot of people do, as opposed to just waiting for it to fall out, is they will go ahead and just shave their head. Well, he does that. He goes to the barber. Let me play this video for you. goes to the barber, has his head shaved. He's a a cancer survivor so far. And then... The barber does something absolutely spectacular. When he's done shaving his customer's head, he shaves his own head. The whole thing. To give him support. And look at the look at the smile. Look at the laughs. There he is. And he's, he's got the head shaved there. That's fantastic. And apparently, the assistant, the one you see, the woman on the side here, did the same thing. Also shaved her head. So that is just absolutely fantastic. What a great story. And, you know, it's just one of those simple, random acts that mean so much. You never know. One little thing that you can do. Look at that. One little thing. And it'll make somebody's day. Might make their life. That is absolutely incredible and a great story. And it said another female hairdresser in the shop proceeded to do the same as well. That is absolutely remarkable. Congratulations to this amazing Thai barber. And best of luck to uh, this guy in the future. That is such a great story. I love sharing those kind of things. Links in the show notes to World of Buzz if you want to check that out. Check out the video. It's very cool. All right. Uh, we covered everything we meant to cover tonight. So how about that? That means it's time to move on to our book. We're reading Tom Sawyer. And, uh, yeah, we do that on this show. I know, weird, huh? But we read classic books. We've been doing it from the beginning. We get these books from the Gutenberg Project, which is gutenberg.org. You'll find all these public domain books. All the classics are there. And not just fiction, but, uh, all kinds of genres of books, check it out, Gutenberg.org. It's free and free to download in all kinds of formats. Some are eBooks, Word doc, uh, HTML files. So you can read them online or you can download them to your phone or your laptop and tablet and read them at your leisure. So yeah, that's where we get these books from. And we thank the Gutenberg Project very much for that. Uh, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer are what we are reading now and it was written back in 1876 by Mr. Mark Twain. We always give you a fair warning that in 1876, some of the words used in this book were completely appropriate, including the N-word, which is used in Mark Twain's books occasionally. Nowadays, that word, of course, is pretty socially unacceptable. However... You've been warned, we are reading Mark Twain's words exactly the way he wrote them. And that does include the N-word and some other things that are not socially acceptable these days. So if that offends you, you might want to move along, find something else to do for the next 15 minutes or so. So anyway, that having been said, let's move on to chapter 25. We'll continue with chapter 25. We left off where Tom and Huck were in search of treasure. And they decided they had to wait till nighttime to wait to see where the shadow of the big long branch fell so they'd know where to dig for buried treasure. So they hid the tools in the bushes and waited for nighttime. The boys were there at night about the appointed time. They sat in the shadow, waiting. It was a lonely place, and an hour made solemn by old traditions. Spirits whispered in the rustling leaves. Ghosts lurked in the murky nooks. The deep bang of a hound floated up out of the distance. An owl answered with a an note. The boys were subdued by these solemnities and talked little. By and by, they judged that twelve had come, and they marked where the shadow fell and began to dig. Their hopes commenced to rise, their interest grew stronger, and their industry kept pace with it. The hole deepened, and still deepened, but every time their hearts jumped to hear the pick strike upon something, they only suffered a new disappointment. It was only a stone, or a chunk. And at last, Tom said, It ain't no use, Huck. We're wrong again. But we can't be wrong. We spotted the shatter to a dot. I know, but then there's another thing. What's that? Why, we only guessed at the time. Like enough, it was too late, or too early. Huck dropped his shovel. That's it, he said. That's the bear trouble. We gotta give this one up. We can't never tell the right time, and besides, this kind of thing's too awful here this time of night with witches and ghosts fluttering around, so I feel as if something's behind me all the time, and I'm I'm afraid to turn around, because maybe there's others afront front waiting for a chance. I've been creeping all over ever since I got here. Well, I've been pretty much so, too. They most always put in a dead man when they bury a treasure under a tree to look for it. Lordy. Yes, they do. I've always heard that. Tom, I don't like to fool around much where there's dead people. Body's bound to get in trouble with em for sure. I don't like to stir em up either. Suppose there's one here was to stick his skull out and say something. Don't, Tom. It's awful. Well, it just is, Huck. I don't feel comfortable a bit. Uh, Say, Tom, let's give this place up and try somewheres else. All right, I reckon we better. What'll it be? Well, Tom considered a while and then said, the haunted house, that's it. Blame it, I don't like haunted houses, Tom. Why, they're a darn sight worse than dead people. Dead people might talk, maybe, but they don't come sliding around in the shroud when you ain't noticing and peep over your shoulder all of a sudden and grit their teeth the way a ghost does. I couldn't stand such a thing as that, Tom. Nobody could. Yes, but, Huck, ghosts don't travel around at night. They don't hinder us from digging there in the daytime. Well, that's so. But you know mighty well people don't go about that haunted house in the day nor the night. Well, that's mostly because they don't like to go where a man's been murdered anyway. But nothing's ever been seen around that house except in the night. Just some blue lights slipping by the windows. No regular ghosts. Well, well, you see one of them blue lights flickering around, Tom, you can bet there's been a ghost mighty close behind it. Stands to reason, cause you know they don't—they don't anybody but ghosts use them. Yeah, that's so. But anyway, they don't come in around at daytime. So what's the use of being afeared? Well, all right, we'll tackle that haunted house if you say so. But I reckon it's taking chances. They started down the hill by this time. There in the middle of the moonlit valley below them stood the haunted house, utterly isolated, its fences gone long ago, rank weeds smothering the buried doorsteps, the chimney crumbled to ruin, the window sashes vacant, the corner of the roof caved in. The boys gazed a while, half expecting to see a blue light flit past a window, and then talking in a low tone as befitted the time and the circumstances. They struck far off to the right to give the haunted house a wide berth, and they took their way homeward through the woods that adorned the rearward side of Cardiff Hill. And that's the end of chapter 25. We'll continue on with chapter 26 on our next stream on Wednesday night. All right, friends. That was a cool ending to a chapter. I will see you again on Wednesday. Until then, uh, enjoy the rest of your work week. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing too, by the way. Facebook, YouTube, uh, rumble.com. Just hit that subscribe button, wherever it is, or follow. Mostly subscribe. And uh, also, of course, on our podcast. Thank you so much for all the people and all your uh, downloads, uh, folks that listen to the show. I'm Jay Sheldon. I'm not wearing pants, and we'll see you Wednesday. Good night. <laughs> Ha <laughs>